In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. I can think of only a few other Gospels that are more perfectly situated for the Bishop's Lenten Appeal annual homily. Now, as you know, over my seven years here, I have always adopted the strategy with regard to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal that less is more. Um, the less I speak of it, the more you reward me for that. <laughs> so, and, and some of you may know, some of you may not. There are so many extra pieces of the program that I do not permit to be inflicted on you. Whether it be the previous weekend when one of you should have been up here telling each other how generous you're supposed to be to this. I don't, um, I don't inflict that on you. There are specially prepared prayers of the faithful for this season that uh, you don't have to hear. They're not very subtle. Um, some of you might want more variety in the prayers of the faithful, but you got to give me credit for not dishing that out. There are many other communications and all sorts of messaging that um, I don't think you need because I'm confident because you always come through. Um, you always meet the goal for the Bishop's Lenten Appeal because you love this diocese and, be, and you know it's not perfect. Uh, it's, it's the families of this diocese and the clergy that they've brought um, to the church that have um, that same... That, that same fidelity, which is not just to an institution, but it's fidelity to Christ, which means that what we do ought to be pleasing to God in every way. So we are always aware that things are not perfect, um, and we're always grateful um, for, for the good that happens. At the end of uh, many of the pews, not all the pews anymore, there's a flyer. They were so popular that most of them um, flew off the shelves, figuratively speaking, after the five o'clock mass last night. So if you, uh, let's say this, if you did not receive anything in the mail from the Bishop's Lenten Appeal, then maybe take one of these home. Otherwise, you already have enough literature. Uh, and inside, it'll, it'll detail uh, facts and figures of the, uh, the diocese as a snapshot, but also where the money from the Bishop's Lenten Appeal goes. So let me just boil it down to one simple idea. Um, if you gave last year, then just give the same amount this year, and we'll be fine. If your circumstances have changed and you're not able to afford what you did last year, then so be it. If you think the circumstances of the diocese have changed, then, then change your, your pledge proportionally. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot that is um, presented to you. Uh, again, I'll boil it down to, we have four seminarians from this parish whose education is being paid by this. Um, mostly, um, and I, I, I would like to think we'll have one, if maybe two more men of the parish enter the seminary this year, and that's really our BLA goal right there. 
We should be paying for them. We shouldn't expect other people to pay for seminarians from McLean, Virginia. Um, you can even throw in, if you want, Father Scalia's salary. Um, uh, some of you go to Marymount from time to time. We know um, uh, their campus ministry is uh, directly supported by the diocese. Um, not entirely, but but but. Uh, they receive some direct support. So um, now, as I've said to you in years past, the Bishop's Lenten Appeal envelope, which you'll get next Sunday, which we try to do expeditiously so that we can have a regular homily, that is not the place for you to leave a message, right, to the, to the bishop. Uh, it's not a very effective one way or the other. If you gave a million dollars last year and you don't this year, he'll notice that. Um, otherwise, he won't, he won't notice um, any of the little differences. And it's not a place for you to, uh, you know, to write a message that you think will get to him. It won't get to him. It'll get to our parish secretary and maybe somebody else in the bishop's office. Uh, if you have a nice, lovely doodle, that might, you know, that might brighten their day. But um, any other message won't, will, you know, will be to of no avail. Um, but instead, in years past, I have said, please just write a, a good letter to the bishop. Um, he is just as equally uh, ready as I am to dismiss something that I think is a, uh, a rant. But if it's reasonable, if it's intelligent, if it's respectful, then I, I, I know he will uh, take it to heart as much as I try to take that to heart as well. Uh, he has a long list of grievances. I have a long list of grievances about myself. Um, and uh, when, when we think that um, as David did, when, when someone's cursing us, we, we, it might be from God. It might not be from the evil one. So we don't cast stones necessarily at that person. I know personally over the last year, it's been a very difficult year for the bishop uh, personally and otherwise. He wasn't a bishop when the dam first broke in 2002. And um, so now he's facing it. And I'm he would never criticize his brother bishops in public, um, let alone previous generations. But I'm, I'm confident that there's a great deal of, um, a great deal of disappointment and a and a great deal of anger about the situation that the bishops collectively uh, have inherited uh, and obstacles that they face. There's a meeting that just is wrapping up in Rome today, both, uh, which I won't describe with any other adjectives or adverbs, but we will um, see if it will um, help or hurt our situation. But I know at least locally in the last year, the bishop has had quite a few extra meetings with priests, and I'm, I'm, I am genuinely confident he listens. He doesn't just wait us out. Uh, he, he takes notes, uh, and he tries to implement the, the advice that, um, that he can that comes to him from us, especially from the pastors. So instead of a especially well-crafted note this year, I'll tell you this. If you have something that you think needs to be brought to his attention, then, then give it to me. He is hosting a, a Mardi Gras party for all the priests, not this Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. And, um, and I'll bring your concerns to him. And I, I won't even wear my Mardi Gras jacket so as not to embarrass you. And, um, but I will promise him that, um, that 
Um, we're praying for him uh, and that we love this diocese. A week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I was on retreat. And I can tell you, long before Father Peter Ryan started his conferences and even before priests went to the chapel to, to pray or, or con-celebrated their first Mass together, it's simply an inspiration and an encouragement to be among the priests of the Diocese of Arlington. Um, we're not perfect, um, but the diocese has a unique history. If you're new to this diocese, and people come and go, so this may be your first BLA for the Diocese of Arlington. There's a there's a unique um, there's un- something unique is happening here between the, the families and the history of the diocese, um, where something uh, that is striving to be of uh, good use to God's kingdom uh, is both. Um, encouraged by what is um, here and also uh, motivated to um, to try to make sure it gets better. So that begins with prayer. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, it never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by his confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, and in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. St. Thomas More, pray for St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.